0: Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am glad to see I am not the only one putting on a brave face and mustering through despite the good Queen Mum's passing. Have you watched any of the funeral proceedings? Very tastefully done. Well, at least until King Charles came out with this meme. Yeah, too soon, King Chuck. Too soon. Also in the news, the Fifth Circuit issued an opinion this week regarding social media companies. In a unanimous decision, the Fifth Circuit upheld a Texas law that prohibited social media companies like Facebook and Twitter from censoring posts based upon the viewpoint. Apparently, this decision came out some time ago, but because Mark Zuckerberg put the three judges in Facebook jail... Yeah, it took a while for news to travel. Finally, the Boston Celtics have suspended their head coach one year for having a consensual affair with another Celtics employee. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Are you saying that it's now against NBA rules to have consensual sex? No wonder we haven't seen Wilt the Stilt for a long, long time. Well, we'll have these stories and more in this week's Debriefing the Law. All right, we are trying out new digs this week. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We have, uh, how do you like these new digs? I'm digging
1: it a lot, except I feel like I need to actually shave once in a while, so I look presentable on the podcast.
0: It does make it a little bit tougher, doesn't it? I actually ha- I changed my shirt twice. I actually did my hair. Oh. I mean, I usually, I had to go more than my twice a week shower. I'm just kidding right? on that. When you work from home, sometimes you do got to check the calendar, say, is is, mm-hmm. is today shower day? Or, or we're It's three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon, and you ask yourself, Have I brushed my teeth yet today? Uh, the dogs don't care. And so sometimes it's kind of hard to figure that out. I know you don't know what I'm talking about, Chris. You go into your office, you're there at um, a, a nice place. You're, you're not, you, you have nice digs at your office. Oh
1: yeah, you know, it's better than my home, which is like four hundred square feet of Halloween decorations right now. So, <laughs> so there's not a there's not a whole lot of room to 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 get this presentable. I have so, to I have to come into the office.
0: Chris, we are gonna have new sections, new segments during this podcast. We're gonna highlight different quirky things in the law. I am thinking of one week maybe we can talk about the crazy most outlandish depiction of the legal profession. By Hollywood, so that way, while oh, yeah. I'm watching TV, I actually can't consider that work. So, hey, I want you to be on there the lookout. You if you watch a movie, if you're watching Law and Order, by the way, that's how I studied for the bar exam. I just watched a s- several Law and Order episodes, great legal stuff there. Better mm-hmm. call Saul. I don't care. Um, uh, My cousin Vinny, if you see anything on your TV set that's a crazy depiction of the law, we can highlight it during this segment. But this week we're gonna start off with this segment called Attorneys Gone Wild. So immediately I thought of Arizona State University, Chris. And so do you have any good stories to share about Ooh. Attorneys Gone Wild from ASU? I have more than enough.
1: You know, when I in my early career of doing CLE here at ASU, we had some pretty good stories about uh um some pretty awful things that actually happened. We have um, one story. We will not name names. All right. But um, we have a uh, black faculty member and one of the hecklers, might be the word, from the audience kept asking um, what made him a expert to talk about this subject. Okay. In, in a very negative way, like... I'm surprised that you're so articulate for a black man. I'm surprised that a black man passed the bar in Washington, D.C.
0: Wow.
1: Thanks to that that effect. And at one point, the presenter got up to where the guy was sitting and had a very quiet conversation with him, which I'm pretty sure um, went one of two ways. Like, one, you need to either shut up or I'm going to shut you up. Or or two, I'm just going to shut you up. The guy got angry, called him a very nasty, inappropriate racial slur, and stomped out of here and proceeded to send emails to the state bar president,
0: to the dean of the law
1: school, to to a lot of other people.
0: Okay, that would clearly fit in a category of attorneys gone wild. I'm not sure I can add too much funny to that story because it's a horrendous story. The ones I am kind of looking for are less maybe shocking, but more fun. Have a fun element to it, and so let's yeah. jump right into my story of an attorney attorneys gone wild. This was in Melbourne, Florida, which now is actually cool. a, one of the neighboring towns. I, I I bought I just bought a place oh, yeah. in um uh, in Palm Coast, Florida. Melbourne is just down the the way a little bit uh, south from Palm Coast. Well, there yeah. was a a judge there and a public defender there, and the judge asked the public defender. If the public defender would waive the defendant's right to a speedy trial. Now, Chris, that's not an outlandish request by the court. I assume you've been representing defendants in court before. Has that that request been made of you? Every single time. Okay. Not a crazy outlandish request. No, the public, the public defender said, nah, pass. I don't (laughs) want to do that. Right. Boy, did that take the judge off. The judge was not happy at all. And this is what ensued.
2: You're
1: Mr. Runkles. Yes, sir. Two charges of assault and resisting. You have the public defender. Public defender, what do you want to do? But they filed? They have. I'm not waiting. All right. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I'm not waiting. You want to set up for trial, set up for trial. All right. <laughs> if you want to set up for docket right. set for docket, selling, set for docket I'm not waiting in any case.
0: This, this is an you know, if i had a rock state. i
1: would throw it at you right now you know, this is stop a, pissing me off just sit down i'll take care of it i no. don't need your help no sit you down. Know what? i'm the public defender i have a right to be here and i have a right to stand up i said and sit down if you want to fight let's go out back and i'll just beat let's you go out, out.
0: do you do you want to f with me so the judge was so ticked off of the public defender the judge said you know what stop pissing me off if i had a rock i would throw it at you hey why don't we just go out back and i'll beat your backside chris have you ever seen anything like that in court no man no most people keep their composure
1: this is yeah, yeah, somebody somebody uh, ate their Wheaties that morning and decided to choose violence.
0: So where do we start unpacking this story? How about here, Chris? You know, under uh, attorney's ethical rules, there's a rule yep. cl- numbered 3.3 called candor towards the tribunal. Yep. It requires yep. us to be honest with the court. Chris, I am wondering, is there an outer limit to that rule? Is there such a thing as too much honesty you know like in marriage where if the question is asked does this dress make me look fat you should tread carefully before answering Mm -hmm. him that question But you get the idea is there such a thing as too much honesty in court here's what i'm here's where i'm going with this when the question is asked do you want to fight does your answer have to be hell yeah I mean, watch <laughs> how long it took him to contemplate the question
1: if you want to fight let's go out back and i'll just beat let's your go around
0: right. one more time
1: if you want to fight let's go out back and i'll just beat let's your go around all right
0: there right. is no figgy, no deliberation it's like nope. darn shooting right i want to fight let's go right. at this judge yeah well, what an amazing story right
1: well i mean that's what i mean a public defender at any moment is ready to box with a judge. Let's just be okay. honest. Like right.
0: we're
1: we're ready we're ready to rock. But also like, do you want to fight your judge? Of course I do. But a smart public defender would have preserved that for appeal. Okay. Right. He would he wouldn't have been quick to jump. He would that that is absolutely perfect situation for you to be like. Bias judge, bias court, bias everything, and you can win that on appeal later.
0: <laughs> and that would have been a good call because, Chris, yeah. have you ever been involved in a fist cuffs engagement? Not with a judge. Oh, no, but, but anyone. Yes, okay. very much so. Okay. Now, I am I'm going to assume here that I know what was the first thing on your mind when you were offered that opportunity to engage in a fist cuffs engagement. It would be this. Hmm. Can I take him? right? Can can I see this guy's resume? Uh, what are his qualifications (laughs) for entering into this fisticuffs engagement? Chris here, the judge had special ops training. He was trained in the military. He was fully equipped to beat this guy's backside. I am thinking if I was Uh. given an opportunity, I would have said, judge, you know what? I think we we can submit this one on the briefs. Let's do a written record here. No need to go in the back hallway and get my clock clean. By the way, to put a a bow on this story, the judge cleans this guy's clock in the back hallway. You you heard the commotion. The judge then comes back into court to this response. (laughs) There you go. He got a standing ovation when he came oh. back into the, the courtroom. So what? Do, how do I finish yeah. that story?
1: I guess there, there's probably like a ton more to that story, right? Like if the judge is coming back to a standing ovation, then that public defender was probably not exactly everybody's favorite the entire time.
0: Maybe he had it coming. I, I, right? I just say, even so, right. maybe they should have picked a different way to resolve that. But that clearly yes. is a great leadoff. For our attorneys gone wild section. All right, Chris, we are here to talk about the news, to break down the news, to debrief the law. And so there is a huge case that was decided this last week. And I'm telling you, Chris, it's called Net Choice v. Paxton. And in this case, I I am suggesting this case might be one of the biggest cases decided in our lifetime i hope maybe i'm blowing this out of proportion i don't know mm-hmm. but i think this case is that huge and that significant here's right. what happened texas passed a law called house bill 20 and this law generally prohibits your social media companies like twitter like facebook it's only the big ones not the small ones but the big ones it requires mm-hmm. them not to censor post based upon the viewpoint of the the speaker. So in other words, if they do not like the post, they disagree with the post, they cannot censor this. And they have to establish boards when they do censor anyone's post to justify why they censored this post. And Chris, I think this is a huge game changer. This is why I'm a constitutional lawyer. And I've been asking myself for the longest time what is the future of free speech? We have a first amendment, right? And we we'll, we can unpack that here. We can have a discussion about oh, yeah. the first amendment, oh, yeah. but I want to just back up a little bit from that and just say, Chris, what do you think about freedom of speech? Just generally, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing?
1: Well, it's the foundation of a lot of our freedoms, right? The, the fact that you and I are here right now to be able to criticize the law and right. make fun of that judge, that's free speech. Right, the ability to to have a differing opinion or redress your government—that's free speech. The ability to, to to run for office and say what you support and what you're against—that's free speech. Now, it's not it just is, yeah. the
0: ability to to utter the words out there into the world, right? right? To you write, to be able to write it read,
1: out, type it out, whatever it looks
0: like. You want to reach an audience. That's the point. Right. Now, back in the Revolutionary War times, when our nation was being founded. You did not have social media. Now, Chris, you're not as old as I am. Trust me, I was there. You didn't have Twitter or anything like that in the 1776. No, no, 1791, whatever number you want to use for the start of our country. You had printing presses. And what happened back, that's how you communicated with the masses, was through the printing press. Well, the good king uh, over there in England thought that we don't like when people just say things willy-nilly, we wouldn't be able to control. So it gave a license yeah. f- for you to operate your printing press. And our the, our founding father said, that's not a good idea. It's really hard to communicate to reach the masses with your message when you have to get permission when, when one person or a very small group of people can't control your speech. Chris, in today's day and age, that's what we have with social media, social media has become the streets and sidewalks, the printing presses of yesteryear. So what do you think? If Should big tech companies be allowed to censor uh, on, on their social media sites?
1: Yes. Yes, they should. They are a private company. The, the idea from the printing press was that the government controlled who did or who did not have printing presses. And when everybody has a printing press and everybody can use their printing press, the government can't censor it. These are private companies. But not
0: everyone has the social media site like Facebook or Twitter. That's what I'm saying. In today's day and age, you only have a handful of them. And they all seem to be suppressing viewpoint is from the context of just pure free speech, free exchange of ideas is censoring also free speech because that is the issue that this court had to, to deal with uh so let's right. get into the 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 meat of the the decision here uh, i i found it a fascinating decision the issue right. came up with so so this texas law prohibited these social media companies from censoring speech basically right and the issue is is Not- that speech now I got that. That's an interesting thought. Is censorship the same thing as the freedom to actually speech? And this court said, no, in this context, your ability to censor, to silence people, is not the same thing as freedom of speech. Any thoughts?
1: It's a really weird line, right? Because it's the absence of speech could be. In my head, this is what I equate it to. You have a right to remain silent. Right. To invoke that right to remain silent, you have to say to the officers, I'm invoking my right to remain silent. Right. Remaining silent on itself is not invoking the right under the law. True. So, so the absence of speech in itself is not an invocation of your freedom of speech. And so I think that's where they were kind of running with it. But it, it seems counterproductive because Citizens United will buy – will allow corporations to buy every piece of uh, media out there right. for, for political ads. And that will force out other people from being able to give their speech as well. And that's considered free speech.
0: In Citizens United, that I was concerned with how this decision would impact right. the Citizens United decision. But Citizens United stands for this proposition. You can have corporate speech. Corporations can speak. And that was a... A radical concept, right? right? People don't agree with, a, no, corporations are not the same thing as individuals. Individuals have the right to free speech. In Citizens United, the Supreme Court said, no, even corporations have the right to engage in speech and, and political right. speech. And sometimes that equates to giving money to buy the speech, but whatever, corporations right. have the right to speech. But is that, so that's almost a different issue because is censorship, right. so censoring other people's speech, is that the same thing as a corporation speech here clearly the fifth circuit said in its opinion if these corporations wanted to speak okay that's one thing Mm -hmm. you're allowed to speak you have that right to speak right but is that the same thing as the right to censor other speech and here is where i think there's a very interesting monkey in the wrench it's section 230 is 47 usc 230 and this was the the statutory provision that many say the many say um launched the internet, created the internet. Here's what they mean by that. This right. normally, if you're a publisher and, and and you publish content on your site or on your book, and mm-hmm. it's wrong, it's a lie. You defamed right. someone, you as a publisher can be sued for what you print, even though someone else said it, you're just publishing right. it. Still, you can be held liable for defaming for that untruthful statement. But, uh, so a lot of these social social media companies were concerned, saying, well, we're not going to allow for other people to speak on our site because what if they tell an untruth, they defame someone, we don't want to be held liable. Congress said, don't worry about that. We passed this law, 47 USC section 230. And it says this, as long as you are not editorializing you will not be found liable for what is said on your site. So almost by definition, you are not an editorial board. You are just simply a street. You're a sidewalk. You're a a, a piece of paper. That's all you are. You are not actually engaging in your own speech by operation of Section 230. Chris, is, is Section 230 a game changer here? Because by definition, they cannot be editorializing. It dep- again, what is the definition of editorializing?
1: What is What was the intent of Congress at editorializing? Is editorializing going in and changing the words that people are posting on their website? Or is it completely deleting posts that are deemed to be dangerous or false or um, misleading or anything to that effect? Like it, it comes – I mean this is very complex litigation that – you and I, as, as lawyers, are trying to wrap our heads around. Let alone right. lay people who are trying to understand, you know, what the definition of is is, and and figuring out what does editorializing in the intent of Section two thirty mean.
0: Well, basically, what in, under Section two thirty these social media companies are allowed to not publish someone's opinion. If it was going to be like, let's just say involving pornography, if it's going to involve, you know, uh, pictures, of, you know, obscenity involving minors and things like that. Okay. That's, that's not protective speech and you can prohibit that kind of stuff from being on your site. But when it just comes to, I don't like this speech, I disagree with your viewpoint. I think you are wrong with it. Well, no, you you can't do that. This is an open forum. And and so by operation of of Section 230, this is not the social media companies' speech. They are not an editorial board. They are just simply reposting other people's speech. It takes out of the First Amendment context. Chris, I think this might be the way in which you can force social media companies to kind of follow the contours of the First Amendment. I say kind of, because we know the First Amendment only applies to the government, to state actors. That's that's my operation of the First Amendment. It only says, Congress shall make no law that abridges your freedom of speech. But that's why I started off this conversation with, okay, I get that's how the First Amendment is worded, but as a society, are we not better off When we have the full discourse of ideas, we allow for freedom of thought to be expressed out there. And since most of our thought now is expressed on the the social media sites, on the internet, a lot of people are cut off. Now, Chris, here's another thought, another take, which I am bothered by, and I want to Mm get your take on this as well. I wonder if people can even have a discussion on this matter without politicizing it. Because I think the ACLU, should be a supporter of this decision because the ACLU, the way I understood that organization used to love free speech. It could have been the most outlandish, crazy speech out there. It deserves protection under our laws. They liked for the full disclosure uh, discourse of ideas. But because we are so close to elections and we know how this impacted the previous election when certain social media companies would not allow post about Hunter Biden's laptop, which now apparently is the subject of an FBI investigation. So there must've been something there, right? That these social media companies were wrong when they said, no, there's nothing to see here, just move on. Uh, uh, no, there's actually an FBI investigation over right now. Surely it's something we can talk about, right? Um, but can we have this discussion and view it outside of the lens of our own politics no it's
1: not it's 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 not there because we're fighting a giant war against mis- misinformation and the the idea that when misinformation is presented as truth and fact that and then when that misinformation is then removed people are like oh censorship 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 You are going out of your way to present misinformation, to muddy the waters. The Hunter Biden laptop issue muddies the waters. It's misinformation left and right. Because there wasn't an FBI investigation until recently, right? And we're in 2022, but they wanted to bring up Hunter Biden's laptop Three and a half years ago when there wasn't an FBI investigation and they wanted to muddy the water saying, look, Joe Biden is unfit to be president because his son is a cokehead.
0: But is that not relevant information? No, it's not
1: relevant information. It's misinformation.
0: You would never never suggest that the government could suppress that kind of speech.
1: No, the government the government is not should not be in the business of regulating speech. Right. Whether it's relevant.
0: Whether or not you like it, it is relevant, and having some side suppress that information, you have to admit that's pretty dangerous to, to suppress speech just because you don't like it's not what it might implicate or indicate.
1: It's not suppressing speech because you're not presenting a truthful story. You're presenting a slanderous misinformation provided to support your political ideology.
0: Well, was it a truthful statement to then say there's nothing to see here and move on when apparently there was something to see there? So much so that it has now resulted in an FBI investigation.
1: At the time that it was uttered, it was a truthful statement to say there's nothing to be here, move
0: on. No, 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 no. Yes. It's the same I, information. I, it's no, it's not the information. same
1: information. No, it is misinformation that was misguided and used as a political pundit to try to sway the election, right? Uh, if And three years later, it results in a FBI investigation. So, so you mean to tell me that all these people that are spreading this Hunter Biden absolute nonsense – three years ago who has no clue other than they want to smear Hunter Biden and spear and Joe Biden that they should have been given the same platform to do that to influence voters to vote for donald trump who is also under indictment from the fbi from the new york attorney general and say and, that would have been it's
0: and that information was not suppressed so if you're going to suppress information on one side why don't you suppress right. it on both sides my point is that's a dangerous game to go down when you start to say i'm going to suppress no. information on this one side yeah. you let it all out you let the voters decide no. At least that is the issue on free speech. So in this case, if the politics were the opposite, would people be having a different opinion on this decision?
1: No, because if
0: if they had said, you know, we're going to suppress this information about uh, Donald Trump, we want him to be elected president, we think he's much better than his opponent, we're going to suppress this, would not the Democrats be saying that is a bad thing, you should not be suppressing this information about Donald Trump?
1: They suppressed the Hillary Clinton-Russia dossier that was clearly false, that they found out was false two years later. When Hillary Clinton tried to say there was Russian ties for Donald Trump, they suppressed that information. So, yes, they've suppressed Democrats' information. they suppress suppressed Republican when it's non-viable information. And I don't think for a second that we need the government coming in, and this law in Texas specifically is, is centered around the idea that they're being censored. And they're not. They're putting out misinformation that people are denying. And misinformation that is being put out by both parties right now needs to be suppressed because it is creating a stupid populace and is creating meme culture and is turning our our elections into a 30-second soundbite of who can sound better for 10 words.
0: Well, Chris, I do think you have helped to establish my point, which is this. I do think this is a huge disease. Huge. Like huge. it or love it, I think this is a, a potential game changer on how yep. we view a free speech. I personally, since my dad was a journalist, he loved a free speech. He's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think it's very dangerous when powers that be suppress things. You know what? I trust the American public. Just let the information out there and then let yeah. us sort it out. But when powers that be sort it out for us, that's when things go awry but um hey that is why we have this podcast
1: right all right chris i I just want to end with i think that the american public could figure it out i think the american public is a smart public we're just fed misinformation constantly from all media sources right like two thousand media outlets are owned by three companies Right, right? right so I mean, so you have Facebook and you have Twitter, but we're not addressing the bigger issue that TV, news, local news, print stations, all of that are all c- controlled by, like, three guys. And I So we should I, look at that as well.
0: And I do think the bottom line here is this will go up, I believe, to the U.S. Supreme Court. I, they for sure. And are going to get a chance to address that. And w- usually what a circuit court opinion says in an opinion— might be adopted by the supreme court or the supreme court might say i like what you did there but maybe you were a little off here so they they tweak it just a bit this is not the last we're going to hear of this idea of putting free speech principles at play on the internet and particularly with the social media companies
1: and i'd be great to see what the supreme court rules because you have you have, right, you have Clarence Thomas, you have uh, Neil Gorsuch, and you have all of these very fundamental constitutionalists that don't like government overreach. They do not. And so it will be a Liber- quick, right, it will be, and you have the liberal judges that love government overreach
0: too. No, no, they love free speech. Usually the right. liberal judges love free speech. They are the best right. the best protectors of free speech. So wh- right. how are they going to come out now? Can will you see politics play in to the judges, the justices position on this matter?
1: Right. What if they come out with a nine zero saying that this was idiotic,
0: or this right? is genius, or this was ingenious. Or it's a
1: genius, or right, or genius, or. Wh- I think that that would be an amazing stance if the court came out unanimously one way or another to say, this is the direction our country needs to head. And you know what? They should. And this is what free speech is. They should.
0: I would love if they came out 9-0 in support of free speech. I would be huge on that because I do do believe in free speech, and I think that this decision Mm -hmm. helps to go the way – I don't care if it's a liberal speaking or if it's a conservative speaking – I don't like government censorship. That's what they do over there in the Kremlin and in China. Right. They censor information. I don't like that in America. I like freedom of speech, generally speaking. And um, obviously you don't want to have obscenity. You don't want to have defamation. I don't want freedom of speech to that uh, regard. But when it comes to ideas mm-hmm. that I disagree with, I don't care if I disagree with it. Let's have a debate. Let's talk about it. Better yet, let's go on the Debriefing the Law podcast yes. where we can air this out. We're now turning to our legal analyst, Dr. Tracy Doff, bring some clarity here to the war- wacky world of law. She is a legal analyst for Law and Crime, uh, News Nation, Cheddar News, and Fox 5 News DC. Welcome, Dr. Tracy.
2: Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here
0: now i am trying to follow all of the going ons over there across the pond in england with the new king chuck or king charles i think is his official name king charles the third i am just one because i know we get our law from england i mean i'm a history major which by the way is the most worthless degree a guy can ever get walmart does not care that i put history major on my resume but I know we get our laws from England, but tell us, give us some legal analysis as to what is going on. What is King Charles facing over across the pond?
2: Well, we did get our legal system from England, but we improved it. So um, I I will say that significantly. Uh, What is going on with King Charles across the pond? Uh, First of all, I don't know why he picked King Charles as his name other than simplicity and maybe uh, he's used to being called Charles the first two Charles's were sort of difficult based on on historical records. Um, They had some problems in their backgrounds uh, and things didn't go all that great for them. Um, But, you know, it it is what it is. So uh, he is king at the death of the queen. He doesn't need his coronation to be king at the present moment so that's the first thing um the king is a largely ceremonial position now
0: why, why is that why is he automatically the king is that common law is that tradition is there like a parliament edict on that matter
2: it it is it's considered uh to be uh line of secession um Uh, it's sort of what happens when uh, someone passes away and a property is owned by joint tenancy. For those who are familiar with real estate law, if you own property in joint tenancy, it passes from one person to the other upon the death of of one of those two individuals. So it it happens just by automatic uh, operation of law. And so he is, uh, you know, the next heir in line to the throne, and or was, and became king automatically, just like it happened with, uh, you know, the late Queen Elizabeth II. Okay. When her father passed away, she was automatically queen, and uh, it's it was an interesting period of ten long days. Uh, of introspection for me to think about those concepts because you would think becoming for example president is a happy occasion you work right. really hard to make that happen but when you become king or queen it's because of the death of most likely your parent right and so it isn't filled with happiness for you
0: unless you beheaded the per- the previous one but yeah i get mostly it would be a very bad moment in, in your lifetime
2: Exactly. Uh, And his job is primarily ceremonial. Uh, He gets a red box every day uh, that contains all sorts of government papers that he reviews. Uh, The king signs off on laws that are passed, but again, that is a ministerial duty. It is not something that he can refuse to do. Um, He's kept informed. He has an audience with the prime minister each week to find out what's going on in the government in his name but the king or queen chooses and and they say it's by by constitutional tradition to remain what is called neutral on matters of state so they don't become political they aren't there to be persuasive which is going to be a difficult job for charles since he spent a good deal of his time as the prince of wales being an advocate for causes that are important to him
0: so now he has to take a step back and he's just and how what is it going to mean for him actually on his day-to-day basis because i think he actually had a business that he was he was running i think he's going to pass that off now to uh to his kids um how, how will his daily activities change
2: well his daily activities will include things like he gets that red box, he's got to go through all those bo- that box each day, so that, that's a new box each day with all the important things that he needs to know and he needs to read through those things. Uh, he will meet with dignitaries, uh, he will continue to be a, a patron of various charities. One of the purposes of the monarchy is uh, to be patrons of charities in order to bring them publicity so that they can then uh, earn uh, money through whatever, uh, whether it's through, for example, buying tickets uh, to be able to attend an event where maybe the king might be in attendance um, because of of, uh, attention that's put on that organization as a result of the uh, king attending that, that particular event, thereby encouraging other people to give to that organization. There are lots of different things that happen, as well as financial contribution from their own resources. Uh, the royal family does contribute to these different organizations. And so the job will include serving as a patron to, and I think it's thousands of, of different charities that uh, over in, in the United Kingdom, folks depend on to receive certain services. Um, there are lots and lots of charities over there that provide services to everyday people in, in different situations.
0: Interesting. Now, I do believe if you look throughout history the people, once you get in your moment, your spotlight, yeah, you have a job parameters or you have duties, but you know what? You also have an opportunity to put your own stamp on things and if you're persuasive if you are a if you're charismatic you can get followers and you can maybe have your own agenda because i mean come on this is your moment you are now the king of england is there any thought as to will he do something really out of the ordinary or or how will he place his stamp on his reign
2: um based on what, uh, what i'm hearing he is planning on i believe Uh, reducing the number of working royals. Uh, Right now, there's a whole bunch of them. So he wants to be Uh, known as the
0: firing king?
2: (laughs) Well, they—they no, I wouldn't say that necessarily, but, but, you know, they will still be royals, but they just won't be working royals. And the distinction, of course, being that working royals are are able to draw a salary. They're able to um, to receive financial support in the form of security, as we saw with Harry and, and Meghan, uh, they were unable to obtain security, um, except through their own private finances, once they took a step back from the royal family. So there is, yes, so there, there, there are those sorts of ramifications. And here's the, the kicker. By doing that, I think that what that does is it consolidates wealth in the working royals, so that they're receiving more money from what is a grant that's given by the United Kingdom uh, Parliament, by Parliament, to um, uh, fund the royal family.
0: Now, I, I am just curious, because I, I, mean, I have two boys and, and I, I love them both, is there anything resembling a normal relationship between King Charles III? and Harry I mean I know you know William's gonna be the next king so they had that special kind of bond if you will because hey I'm the king and now you probably can't wait for me to pass away so you can be the king but him and, and Harry I mean you got the whole Megan uh aspect to this there's some tension is there anything resembling a normal relationship like I went out and played tennis with my youngest son the other day hey dad let's go out and let's hit the ball all right do, do they do that in England? Do they go out and play golf or maybe go hunting foxes?
2: Playing cricket. Uh, They do those types of things. They have done those things in the past. I, my understanding is he does have a good, he, in normal times, he in fact did have a good relationship. I mean, remember uh, Charles, uh, now King Charles, uh, walked Meghan Markle part of the way down uh, the aisle when she married Harry. Um, and she walked the rest of the way by herself, which I thought was, uh, I thought was a, a good choice, Interesting. but, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't need to be given away to anybody. I, I make this choice freely in my own free will. Um, and so, you know, this is a choice to enter into this, this marriage contract. Um, and so I think that that was a good choice and it was, it was brave of her to do that. Um, but again, not knowing, we really, really don't know the behind the scenes. If you read through the British media, you got to be really careful because, you know, journalism over there is not journalism over here. And, and so there is a lot of, um, I think bombastic reporting that goes on and, uh, you know, it, it, some people love Megan, some people don't. Um, I do think that inherently he he wants to um, improve his relationship with Harry and Meghan because he mentioned them in his first public right, address as right. king. But w- there's really no no true way of knowing. Now it's very possible that he um, he may allow them to be what you know colloquially is a part-time loyal uh, royal. Okay. And and the the reasoning behind that is that the queen, remember the queen um, became queen because her father died and her father became king because his brother abdicated. Right. So the idea of duty and loyalty and this is what you do and you don't give up on it is very much ingrained in what happened to her. She was living a wonderfully perfect life until... The, the king abdicated, her uncle abdicated, and then it it, it he, her father became the king. And so then her life changed drastically and the trajectory of it changed drastically. So for Harry to make the choice to say, you know what, no, this isn't for us because, you know, you're not willing to step up and do the right thing to help protect my wife from what's going on out here and say something, which is is my read on, on what transpired, that they said we would like to step back and, and not be doing it uh, full time. And we want to be able to control that. And she said, you're either in or you're out. And I think that King Charles may be more open to the idea of um, Harry and Meghan contributing more as royals on a, on a more limited basis.
0: I hate to admit it, but. I'm Kind of intrigued. I'm, I'm a history major, so maybe that's part of it. Uh, it's going on, it's the first time there's been a change up in my lifetime. So, I, I am curious to see what's going to go on over there and see what kind of stamp he puts on uh, his reign, if, if you will. All right, before we let you go, I
2: will say, well, well, I will say this, I will say this, that I am so, you know, I liked Queen Elizabeth II, but I got to say, I'm glad it's over. And all I ask is that when my time comes, that sounds not, kind I of bad spend 10 days. No, when my time comes because everybody's time comes when my time comes please don't spend 10 days on me please just like throw a party get drunk and then let me go there you okay? go you know Bye. what this was too much
0: chris it is now time for courtroom quarterback
2: beautiful all right
0: we actually need to come up with some pretty cool music we built. do do our it changes between these different segments but you know it's what we're here. just trying this out this is week one we're trying to be on the internet have our takes <laughs> out there and people have to see our beautiful faces but that being said Chris this is where we get to talk sports it's the highlight of my week and I love the NFL that's why we used to have a sign in our house that said we interrupt this marriage to bring you the football season because I am all about my football there are a lot of games that are coming up this week but Chris I want to first talk about the Miami Dolphins you can see up there um oh yeah uh so the Miami Dolphins I think have been a huge surprise this year we, we talked about that you would we'll go back and listen to our previous podcast i predicted by week three or four they're gonna be a colossal failure it was gonna be a train wreck oh they're gonna gosh, be clamoring yes. for a new quarterback uh k-state's uh, old quarterback there is, is a backup uh skylar thompson i thought he yeah. might be starting by week four No, they're not talking about that. They're talking about, is Tua going to be the MVP? Will their coach, Mike McDaniel, be the coach of the year? Things are going well down there in South Beach. Chris, are we making too much of that one quarter? Is this for real down there in Miami, what they are doing, or are we blowing this out of proportion?
1: Uh, it's, It's early in the season, right? And who are the top three passers right now? In, in the league, right? We have Tua at number one, which okay. is where everybody's like, oh, Miami. You got Carson Wentz um, at Ca- number Carson two. Carson Wentz? Right. Um, wow.
0: That's, a, that's an eye-opener right there. Okay.
1: Right. So so it's not like it, Brady is not performing really well. If you watch the two Buccaneers games, they haven't been exactly offensive marvels. Right. right? Aaron Rodgers lost his first game, and he's being Aaron Rodgers wow. right now. He's going to pick it up. Right? Um. Joe Burrow is being sacked 24 times in two games, so he's not right. performing well, right? Um, Stafford isn't doing the best job right now down in um, L.A. And then Trey Lance broke his ankle week two, so okay. it's not like it's not like we're having these like quarterback brawls. It is easy to rise to the top when everyone else is still just kind of hanging out, not doing much. Okay. That being said, Tua has put on more of a show in these last two games than he has at all in his career. Right. So, I mean, he's he's hitting Waddle, he's hitting Hill. They're 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 gelling well with the new coach, the the former offensive coordinator from San Francisco. Um, so I enjoy watching the the Dolphins and I always love to see the Dolphins do well because they've been horrible for so many years, decades, maybe even a millennia. Um, since 1972 when they were undefeated. But um, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with Tua is going to flame out here soon, but I appreciate the all the love he's getting right now.
0: I, I have to wonder about the coach, Mike McDaniels. Now, again, I am a yeah. huge Chiefs fan. I'm not going to jump off the Chiefs yep. bandwagon. That's not how no. I operate. You can see my Chiefs helmet behind me, right next to my Nebraska Cornhuskers helmet, because I can endure a lot of pain and still root for my team. But <laughs> – yeah. Here's the thought that has been creeping into the back of my mind. Is Patrick Mahomes really the greatest quarterback ever to play? He's had a great career so far. Amazing career. But we also have said you can't discount the fact that he has an offensive-minded coach who knows how to scheme. He knows how to game plan and get his receivers open. Oh, he also had some pretty good receivers to throw to. One being... Tyreek is otherworldly fast. You can't even uh, explain how fast he is and how open he can get because of that burst of speed. He's also relatively short. He's able to, to uh, stop and start yeah. very quickly and accelerate and blow past defenders. And that's why when you'll, you'll see um, Patrick Mahomes throw this long bomb to Tyreek, he's like 20 yards open. You're like how did he get that open? That's what his start and stop can do. He will see a defender put the weight on the wrong foot, zoomed by him on the other side, and now he's 20 yards in the clear. And so we thought, okay, but Patrick Mahomes is that good. Well, hold on. Now Tua is looking that good. Do you think the Chiefs are having Tyreek regrets?
1: In two weeks, three weeks, yes. In the first three weeks of the season, yes, they totally are. Um, you're right. Tyreek is a franchise player, but the chiefs needed to free up salary cap money. The chiefs needed to be able to build right. around more, more around the homes. They needed to do other things than to bet the entire team on Tyreek Hill. I, I look at the Rams and once you get past their four really good players, they got nothing. We got absolutely nothing, and the Chiefs did. They they see that on the board. They don't want to make that mistake. They don't want to have four really high good players and then nothing else. Look at the look at the uh, Bengals, Jamar Chase, right. Joe Burrow, and you're done, right? You're you're absolutely done. So I think it was a smart move letting Tyree go down to Miami because eventually Tua is gonna flame out. And I was listening to um, Kurt Warner's podcast earlier in the week, and he was talking about Tua and how he throws and how he hustles and how he moves around the pocket. And Kurt Warner, who's one of the nicest guys on the face of the planet, is like Tua has zero quarterback IQ. He
0: he Wow, can't, Kurt Warner, like, Mr. Nice right, Guy.
1: Right. Because if you look at and he was breaking down game film really nicely, is that Tua is trying too hard to fake out defenders. Whereas, you know, you gotta move your feet like Tom Brady or Eli Manning used to do, where they would fake the defenders and then use their body to throw with with power to their right. receivers whereas Tua will keep the fake going and then try to throw 55 yards cross body and it's just not like that's just not a sustainable he doesn't have that IQ to to scramble in the pocket and then deep fake a defender and be able to make the pass and make the transition but once he does learn that Tua may be unstoppable
0: all right he might be But do you know this about the NFL? defensive or coordinators, they figure things out. So if you're a one-trick Quickly. pony, yes, you'll yes. look good for a quarter. Yes, you'll look good for a game, maybe even a couple right. of games. They will figure it out, and you better have yeah. other weapons. That's why the Chiefs made the decision. Yes, it hurts us, the Chiefs, in the short term, because right. Tyreek is an amazing athlete, but probably the best receiver out there. But if you give him $30 million, you can't pay other players. And then as Tyree's speed goes down in years three and four of this contract, then what do You're you done. have? So yeah, right. the, the, the decision that she's made really was recognizing Tyreek. you are an amazing player. We wish we had you this year, but we have a salary cap. And we just can't tie up that much money on that yeah. one position. All right. That being said, the game of the week for this week, I am gonna say it's gonna be the Miami Dolphins oh, yes. versus the Buffalo Bills. Are you excited about this game? Oh
1: my gosh, I'm absolutely excited. I mean, Josh Allen and um, is is running my fantasy team right now. Like okay. he is, he's carrying it. So I am all about all about this game. And if I'm lucky enough to have Josh Allen connect with Stefan Diggs a lot, I'm gonna rule my fantasy league.
0: You have Diggs as well. So,
1: I do. I got. I got go. the Allen Diggs combination. It was quite the pickup on fantasy draft.
0: Day. You should be number one in your league right now. Uh, right? It will bite once your team has a bye week. But that being said, oh, yeah. this is gonna gain. is gonna expose. The dolphins or cement them mm-hmm. as rightful players in the, the right. playoff push. And so I, I I'm a bit I think that um Mike McDaniels, a coach of Miami. I he might be the real deal. He was the yeah. offensive coordinator there in San Francisco. They made it to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. They yep. should have beaten the Chiefs, but for a colossal mental breakdown in the fourth quarter when they forgot that they were a running team and decided to pass the ball. I have no idea. Thank you very much for doing that. But what a dumb decision. But that being said, he knows how to game plan. Yes, he made that one mistake. Uh, they made it to the conference championship last right. year, despite the fact they wanted to get rid of their quarterback. He was so horrible. Right. Apparently, they, had, they, they they drafted a new replacement for him. But he was, was the offensive coordinator out? that brought that team to those great heights. Yep. So he might know what he's doing there in Miami Well, we're going to find out here this week against the Buffalo Bills. I am really looking forward to this game. Oh, for sure. Uh, And we're going to talk here in just a bit. Actually, I have it up here right now, this screen. If you can see that there. Chris, I think there's an issue. There's going to be an issue in the AFC. There are just too many good teams out there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You see this graphic I have up there or this list? Yeah. Those so you will, you will, you have four different divisions in the AFC and also the NFC. So the division winner is going to make the playoffs. You also have three other wild card teams. Okay, so these are the three main divisions. You have the Dolphins, Bills, and Patriots all in one division. One of them, the Bills, are going to win the division. Let's say the Dolphins or mm-hmm. the Patriots. Only one of them, most likely, is going to make. The playoffs, how about this division? Steelers, Ravens, Bengals. Come on. The Steelers always make the playoffs. The Ravens have an MVP at their quarterback. And the Bengals, come on. They were in the Super Bowl last year. No, only two of them are going to make it to the playoffs at most. How about this one? Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos. Everyone is saying that's the best division. Uh, The Chiefs are not going to win the division this year because of all these incredible teams. Look, of all those teams, only six are going to make the postseason. Who's going to be left out?
1: Uh, Patriots.
0: Good. I like that one. Knock them out. I don't like the
1: Patriots. Uh, I'm going to pull the Patriots out. I'm going to pull the Chargers out. Okay. Chargers. Interesting. Everyone's favorite. The Chargers. I know. But I'm going to go... Okay. So... Now we're down to, like, when I need to pull out one more team.
0: One more team.
1: Steelers didn't prefer. Uh, you know what? Broncos country, let's ride. You guys are not making it to the playoffs Wow,
0: only one team from the AFC West is going to make the postseason. Yep. You had the Steelers, or you had the Ravens and the Bengals, and the Dolphins, let's say, being wild card teams, making it. Yep. That's how tough, Chris, the yeah, AFC it's is. It's going to be insane.
1: And well, so that's this... why Tom Brady switched to the NFC, man. It's a walk-on <laughs> to the Super Bowl.
0: That's right. So, yeah, this week here between the Dolphins and the Bills is going to be a huge game for playoff ramifications, and we are only in week three. All right, I just told oh, yeah. you, Chris, the game of the week. I sure hope you actually can see it there on your local oh, yeah. TV stations. But now let's go to the dud of the week. This is <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs versus... The Baltimore, no, I'm sorry, the Indianapolis Colts. Chris, this is going to be one miserable game for me to watch. I, I, I feared this game. like You would not believe I feared this game. Do you know what the Colts' record is right now? Is it
1: like 0-1-1? Uh,
0: and, 1 and 1? I, You know what, that's a good question. I think they're 0-2. But if you're saying they're 0, they didn't seem to have the tie the first week. I think They, have, they did. They have yet to win a game. They're playing horrendous. They want their coach fired. And that being said, this is a perfect week for the Chiefs to just let down their laurels and to not really be dialed in and focused. And the Colts have our number. They have beat us throughout the years in playoff games. I I fear the Colts. I really do. This is a sleeper game and the national media might not be watching it. Beware of this game. I see the yeah. Chiefs laying a huge egg during Ooh. this game. So that is my dud of the week. <clears throat> Any thoughts oh. on that?
1: Well, I mean, come on, man. The the Chiefs should be able to just not even play Mahomes and win this game. I mean, they're
0: but they, the they would have is, a better shot if Mahomes did not play they, this week. They would true. be they'd be dialed in, they would be focused. They're not. Right. Here's it, the other it, go on.
1: Go, no, I was gonna say, it's just weird to me that they're only a five-point favorite.
0: Like I like that.
1: Like That I, that tells you a lot right there on the national scene on where they think the Chiefs head's at. If they're only a five-point favorite against Indianapolis.
0: Yes, our head is not in the right spot. We're right. going to be overlooking this game. I also have heard that Andy Reid, when he comes up with his game plan, he does it. Mm for the entire season. He will put, he will do a show in week three because he plans on doing a certain play in week nine and so he, he does oh, yeah. it. he is a genius
1: oh master tactician
0: he is looking at this game saying i am not gonna put forth my best plays in this game this is the game no. i am gonna we're gonna come up with our c game plan i don't want to give away our best plays i'm saving those plays for another opponent and so i fear we're gonna have a very lackluster approach to this game and we're gonna lay that egg and so this is yep. my dud of the week that being said chris is now time to do our picks, and I do know we have said this in jest that we are doing this as a testament as a to the kiddos out there that gambling is bad. Well, this season we are putting our money where our mouth is. We are losing right and left. We obviously are idiots and should not be doing this. That being said, those are our season totals. So far, I am three and seven on my picks against the spread. You are two and eight. Our listeners are. Two and two. And so when whenever the listeners are are, are near fifty percent on making a pick, I just throw that pick out altogether. But as far yep. as the ones that the listeners are saying, yes, this is what I think is, is who I think is gonna win the game, they are two and two. So listeners, Chris are kicking our butts, and so I have no oh idea gosh. what that means. Well, here are my picks for this week. I am going with the Colts plus five and a half over the Chiefs. I hate to say it. I, I feared this game. I hope to be wrong. I see the chiefs winning this on a late field goal. I do not think we're going to be dialed in. I sure Uh, hope and pray we are dialed in. I think we're going to be sleepwalking. Do not be surprised if there are stories about Travis Kelsey partying into the wee hours of the night, (laughs) the night before that's just what we do. All right. Yep. Bills minus the six over the dolphins. I see them running rough shot over the Dolphins. I I yeah. I know we just talked about what a great story the Dolphins are. This is a is a revelation moment. They are going to be exposed, not necessarily exposed. The Bills are that good, and they are going to run rough shot over the Miami Dolphins this week. Rams minus three and a half over the Cardinals. I am not a big believer in the Cardinals or your coach, and so I think the Rams are going to figure out a way to win by a touchdown. Uh, Packers plus one over the Bucks. Have you heard about the conspiracy theory?
1: What The Mike Evans conspiracy theory?
0: Yes. Have you heard about that?
1: I I vaguely hear of it. Please enlighten me.
0: The person who made the decision to suspend Mike Evans for this next game is the uh-huh. father of an offensive lineman for the um, uh, the Packers. It's like, Whoa, really? Like That has got to be a conflict of interest. You're going to suspend a guy for a game. You're making that call. Oh, and by the way, your son... Is playing in the upcoming game. And so there's a little bit of conspiracy theorists out there saying the fix is in. Nevertheless, yeah. I do think I, I, I I'm not sure where um uh Tom Brady's mind is. He he's been playing decently, they've been winning, so you gotta give him credit for that. Actually, I right. really liked his performance last week, even though he sucked it up for three quarters, he came through in the right. final quarter. But I'm taking the Packers plus one over the Bucks. Uh, yeah. And then our, I have a couple of college games I threw in here. Arkansas, I'm digging this. I'm digging this. Is a um, is a, is not the favorite over Texas A&M. I am not a big believer in Texas A&M, uh, and so if I can get points with Arkansas, I'm gonna take them. Arkansas plus two there over A&M, and then here is my big one: KSU plus 12 and a half over. The Oklahoma Sooners. Now, this is interesting because the wow. Oklahoma Sooners coach is a new coach this year. Venables, Yeah, this is his first year coaching. He's yeah. a former K-State uh, assistant coach. He is from Kansas. Mm. He went to high school in Salina, Kansas. And so this is personal for him. That being yeah. said, K-State knows how to play close games. They just do. And here's something else yeah. you should consider, Chris. Do you know who K-State's quarterback is? i do not adrian martinez the same quarterback who played for nebraska last year and lost all of these close games so he knows how to play games close he just doesn't know how to finish them so i think k-state will easily cover the 12 and a half points chris what are your picks all right
1: um you got my graphic up there perfect so we got the niners are taking on the broncos um I, I just want to keep making fun of Russell Wilson standing in front of a mirror saying Broncos country let's ride, and so well and Jimmy G's back. Jimmy G's hungry. Uh, the you know the the play last week was Trey Lance breaking his ankle. Jimmy G coming in performing so well I like that he that. gets the bonus. And that's been the nonstop chatter is all of the incentives in Jimmy G's contract. Okay. So Jimmy G is a money maker. That's what he, he shakes his money maker. All he's
0: also time. he's also a winner. He is. No Jimmy, one gives him credit for that. He's a winner.
1: He is. He's, he's a win, And um, Shanahan's got a deal with him now. So uh, it was pretty smart they didn't get rid of him over – not smart. They tried really hard to get rid of him over the offseason, and they failed miserably. And they failed up somehow. They did. Like, they really did. So I'm going to take the Niners with 1.5 over the Broncos. That's going to be I an like
0: easy pick. I like
1: that pick. pick. Um, Bill's Dolphins, I'm picking the over-under – rather than the point spread, because I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. So I picked the over of 52.5. I think each team's going to put up at least 25, 28 points.
0: Chris, I think that each. might be the pick of the week right there. I think you nailed yeah. that one. I really like that one. Right. I think you're absolutely right. I'm thinking of the Chiefs' bills last year. Those are extremely right. high-scoring affairs. This is going to be a high-scoring right. affair.
1: Well, and you got – I mean, look, you got Josh Allen connecting with Diggs, connecting with all of his guys – And their offense is on fire. Josh Allen is on fire. He's putting up 70 fantasy points every week. Every week. And then you got Tua and all of his weapons coming out of it. You don't hear a lot about Miami's defense or the Bills' defense. So I think this is going to just be up and back all day long points on board. All right. Um, Then I got Cincy. I think Joe Burrow is getting tired of laying on the ground. I think he's getting tired of being sacked all day long. So I'm going to go with the Cincy's going to win over the Jets, even though they just had a, a solid victory last week. But it's a touchdown, and I think Cincy's going to pull it out. All right. Um, Rams over Cardinals. Even with Kyler Murray's antics last week, um, there was a – that that was a fluke, in my opinion.
0: Wow, that was a fascinating uh, end of the game.
1: Yeah, it, it really was. Um, if Kyler Murray was the quarterback that he is allegedly worth – it would have never gotten to that. It would have, it, stupid mistakes and showboating throughout the entire game led to led to that, and then a defensive victory is what really pulled it out. So I'm gonna pick Rams even though they're not performing at the level I'd like to see them at um, over the Cardinals because it's a 3.5 overage. All right. And then I'm pick. And then I'm picking the Pack. I think the Pack is gonna beat the Bucks. Um, you know, it's 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 almost even money, right? One point. How do you? If anybody wants to figure out how you score one point in a game, <laughs> like outside of a PAT, right, right, right? Like like that's the only way you're gonna do it. And so unless it's, you know, horrendous weather, which it's not going to be, there's no real real thing here. So I'm just gonna go with the pack because Aaron Rodgers is, you know, just stupid and lucky enough to actually win games.
0: All right. There you go. Those are our picks for the upcoming week uh chris um yeah i this has been an interesting endeavor this first attempt to have something on youtube right. to do this as kind of a, a, a with a video out there and so yep. it was it was kind of fun but i want to, before we just close the deal on this podcast and this youtube whatever is, what do you ever you say is it a youtube yeah. video whatever whatever i, I want to talk a little baseball i don't normally talk baseball Ooh but i am a i am a huge historian when it comes to baseball i've read the biographies of almost every old-time player lou gehrig uh um, walter matthews and, and here um you have possibly the greatest season in the history of baseball happening right now and i'm wondering how many people are even paying attention
1: not enough man not enough you are i mean I baseball is life at the Marone household, right? And so, and watching this season is just absolutely romantic. I love every minute of it.
0: Now, so who we're talking about here is is Judge, uh, who plays for the New York Yankees of all teams. Uh, He has already hit sixty home runs for the New York Yankees. Now, if you want to look at the history of the American League, the home run leaders per season, number one, you have. Roger Maris played for the New York Yankees. Number two, yep. you have Babe Ruth with the 60 home runs played for the, the New, York, New Yankees. York Yankees. Number three, actually, not tied for number two, you have Aaron judge who plays for the New the York Yankees. Why would he even think about leaving the New York Yankees? But that, but hold on before we get there, do you even consider the other two players on this list. You know who I'm talking about? Actually, are there three players now you have um, Sammy Sosa, you have Mm -hmm. Mark McGuire, and then you have Barry Bonds. I think they all hit 72, 66 home runs, something. Do you even consider those three, or you just say that's a steroid enhanced. We're going to just discard their numbers at you as a baseball fan. How do you view their numbers?
1: I, I count them in. Okay. I absolutely count. The, the steroid issue bothers me because they were not illegal until after these guys were done doing what they were doing. The sport of baseball evolved.
0: Okay.
2: Y-
1: you also have to think back, well, all right, well, if we're going to discount steroids, then we need to discount Babe Ruth because they weren't pitching at 100 miles an hour back then. They were also pitching from a shorter mound back then. So the game of baseball evolved okay. to where it is now. And so when Babe Ruth hit his home runs, it wasn't, you know, they were pitching the high fastballs were like 92, 93 miles an hour. Not, not Adam Wainwright or not like um, Hunter Green or uh, Scarsgard or even Nolan Ryan who were pitching in the hundred mile an hour range.
0: Right. Right. All right. I, I got that. Um, yeah. so you're saying that, Hey, you, you're competitors you were there, you compete. Right. And so the, the home run era. accomplishments today, um, should be considered as well. I I get what you're saying. In my heart hearts mm-hmm. I do view it a little bit differently. I think what Aaron Judge yeah. is doing this year makes it extra special because it's now it's past the steroid era. I don't mm-hmm. think during Babe Ruth's time there was a pizza and beer a bump up that he got. That was his conditioning. He was the worst athlete yeah. I think we've ever seen outside of um John, John Daly at PGA <laughs> Golf. Yeah, that's who I, I'm thinking of. <laughs> but nonetheless, um i think it's an amazing uh record he has so he is about ready to win the triple crown he has a sizable lead when it comes to home runs i think Mm -hmm. 20 he has a 20 home run lead over the next closest guy 60 to 40. wow Uh, rbis he has a huge lead there when it comes to averages in the american league that's how they do triple crowns it's per league right he is tied with a, a player for boston uh with um uh it's a 317 average a couple of days ago who knows right why? i didn't check it this morning so that that's iffy on whether or not he's going to win the triple crown but pay attention yeah. if you like sports at all pay attention right. to what aaron judge is doing it is a remarkable remarkable season
1: well and it's not just aaron judge right albert Pujols is on the way to 700 home runs this season with the st louis cardinals yes in his final season playing baseball Um, Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright had 325 starts together this season, which has never been done before. Shohei Otani is now at um, his second season in the league, and he has um, more home runs and a lower ERA than any pitcher in the history of baseball. And so this whole season around the Dodgers, as much as I hate them, they are the first team to have three back-to-back 100-game winning seasons.
0: Okay, wow, like, that's this impressive. Is
1: all, yeah, this is all like... 2022 is this history-making baseball year that nobody is paying attention. And it doesn't matter what team you're a fan of; it's all over the league. It it is like the Angels are already eliminated from the
0: playoffs. So Chris and Shohei
1: Otani's still out there throwing strikes and hitting home runs.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, he's one of my favorite players, no doubt about it. Chris, I think what you're really trying to say is if the football game is a dud, or you find yourself on a Tuesday (laughs) with no football on. Take that as an opportunity baseball. to go check out baseball and see what Aaron Judge is doing. And it, it, it is a very much an historic season. If you can watch one of his home runs, well, maybe that's uh something you can will always remember. All right. Hey, have For a sure. great week, Chris. Play some golf, watch some football, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: We'll see you next week, Joel.